Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing The Room, directed by Tommy Wiseau, The Disaster Artist by James Franco, Klaus by Sergio Pablos. We have newly released Don't Look Up by Adam McKay, and Spider-Man No Way Home, directed by John Watts. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Tell me, boy, how's it going? It's going, uh, it's going really well. It's going really well. How was your week in movies, man? A uh, week was good. Uh, obviously, uh, heard some or watched some absurd, absurd movies this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, excited to talk about it. Uh, we have uh, some films on here, especially in the new releases, uh, kind of all over the map, all over the map, critically speaking. So happy to add my voice to that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, should we get to it? Start with the wackiness? Uh, yeah, yes, uh, sure. <laughs> we can jump right into it. Okay, so we're going with the infamous uh, Tommy Wiseau film, uh, and it's called The Room. Yes, The Room. Uh, where do we even start? I, I mean, I don't know if even Tommy has any other films, but this is uh, this is something else. Uh, very simply, folks, I mean, I, I, I had a slight desire to see The de- Disaster Artist. I've, of course, seen The Room before, and like I said, uh, where do I even start with this film? Uh, I, I really, I, I've known this film over the years. It has, I think, evolved to be this this uh, ranking this this king of the best worst movie uh, especially mm. online you know this is this is the one that i think stands out from the rest yeah i think it's safe to say it has a weird cult following so those of you who don't know about it like it it's very low budget it's mm-hmm. very strange it's very weird and when you watch it when you watch the room it, you can't help but have that feeling this of mm-hmm. that really good horrible movie yep. and that's kind of the cult following it has yeah um. <laughs> Watching this film, I was almost surprised because I was I, I I was pretty sure I have seen this all the way through, but I was honest, I was genuinely surprised how shockingly bad some of the sequences <laughs> were. It had me questioning. I was having an existential crisis with this film. Like, did I actually watch this or not? You know? <laughs> like, I was it was it was, was like it, a first viewing again. Was it ever so bad? And there's like there's been write ups about. I mean, because it has that following to it. Mm-hmm. You know, he has been interviewed and everything like that after it. Like, mm-hmm. th- but even watching it were you saying like okay is this a joke or was this seriously made uh that that is the question i think on everyone's mind when they're watching this i i think 
instead of trying to do the mental gymnastics of how is this movie made and I I I, I think it's, you were just sitting there and saying yeah, how just am taking I taking it in okay I, at first and, and I, I got rid of so many notes but at first I was really like examining the story as well <laughs> in the notes. No, no, no abandon that stop that immediately <laughs> brief overview Tommy's character is a loving man who is involved in a love triangle and honestly that's that's really all you need to know because i mean as far as the actual narrative structure of this film it is is not why you watch the room uh you watch the room for the performances and that they are truly maddening you know it, it is it is something else uh as far as these performances uh, i think especially for a movie like this i just want to really simply break it down what works, what doesn't. So we'll start with what works. I think Tommy's very odd overdubbed lines uh, are some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I, won't, I won't bother doing an impression, and especially if you haven't seen the film, uh, is save that type of shock and surprise that comes from how he delivers those lines on screen. <laughs> uh, that really is the, the top level uh, of the enjoyment with this film. It, it feels like a human... Like, the fact that a human made this is insane. It feels like an AI algorithm of what a computer would think a relationship is, uh, what drama <laughs> in a love triangle should be. It really... it. it it's something out there, uh, and obviously that adds to the appeal uh, of a lot of what is out there for the production of this film. How did this film get made? And I, I think that, that very naturally leads into why The Disaster Artist was made, you know, as a, as a follow-up to this cult film. Yeah, I think though. for sure. I mean, the whole thing, it's it's more of an experience yeah. to watch it. A more yeah. of just, like, what the actual... I, I mean, it's just... I would I would claim it as an experience, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what doesn't work is pretty much any time Tommy isn't on screen because you don't have this comedic force. I mean, whenever Tommy's on screen, it is one hundred percent funny. There is there is no scene that is not getting a laugh out of the audience and getting a laugh out of me. Right. I think and, when, and just real quick, it should be noted to people who aren't aware of the film, it's not supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> You're right. not supposed to be sitting there laughing. It is supposed for to be a sure. drama. For sure. For sure. And, and very much an emotional drama. <laughs> yes. Too. Oh, my gosh. You know, yes. A torturous drama. So, <laughs> um, when it, when I, I think what, what really doesn't work here, though, is when Tommy's not on screen, you just have some of the most catastrophically bad acting uh, you will ever come across. Uh, there are scenes that are just so genuinely confusing of what relationship characters have and awkward and it, it, it's just it's just a lot to process and <laughs> I think this is huge because don't get me wrong as much as I think it is funny that that acting I mean it is catastrophically bad it is it's, the it's, worst on the block you can ever get it right and it's so bad is it, it go it's even worse than it's so bad it's funny mm-hmm like Tommy's lines are like it's so bad it's funny and great. <laughs> yes. These scenes without him what you're saying is it is so funny. No, it is so bad it's no longer funny. It's just yes. supremely bad. Absolutely. No, I think yeah. I think characters become annoying uh, distracting. Uh, there, there's a lot there that you're questioning why certain characters are on screen, why certain characters are introduced, and again, 
the enjoyment here is absolutely turning off your brain and just looking at the absurdity okay of sure it. yeah uh, but uh as far as if you really had to break down what's worth your time out of this film i i think what's worth your time is tommy which is so great because he's a lot of the film but you can almost get equal enjoyment out of watching some sort of compilation or, you know, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, meme uh, YouTube video right, or something right. like that of, of, of the best moments. The, the effect and the humor is, is exactly the same. Uh, you get, the, you get the, same, the same ballpark out of that. But I, I, you know, there's really not a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think it was important for me to watch uh, again because, again, I... <laughs> During the entire thing, I was questioning whether or not I did watch it ever all the way through or not. Right, right. <laughs> it really made me I, – I was I was racking my brain with that. But like I said, kind of streamlining it down very simply to what works, what doesn't. Tommy is gold on screen. It right. is so funny, just so – out of left field, uh, how he acts, <laughs> the 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 laughs he has, it's 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 really great. But yeah, can I say when you say what works and what doesn't, mm-hmm. the whole movie doesn't work. <sighs> but when now we're in this this zone, mm-hmm. this like so bad, I'm enjoying it. Right. It all of a sudden it does work. I like, think now so. that we're in that world of yeah. like that horrible world, you know. <laughs> yes. Okay. So bad it's good. Right. Cycle, right. Kinda. Okay. Uh, I I think. I would argue it may be. Or did it trick you in thinking <laughs> these know. parts are really interesting? I, I, it's it's more so like when when Tommy laughs at something <laughs> in the film that is supposed to be taken seriously. There's a couple scenes like this. <laughs> <laughs> it comes that that's what I was kind of getting to. That it, it feels like a an algorithm made this movie. Like this, I have a hard time believing a human made this movie because the interactions are are just so out there. They're just so non-human. It's yeah, it's absolutely true. It's, <laughs> it's if it's aliens made a love story movie. Exactly. That and they, that's just yeah. the script. That's no less the actual delivery the which unbelievable is unbelievable acting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Th- that's where I have to kind of streamline this and I and I don't think there's much more needed with it because as Tommy is less on screen as more of the film concludes in its story that it's trying to tell as absurd as it, as it is the story doesn't get as enjoyable and and as Tommy being the main character as he progresses more into a crisis uh, yes enjoyable to see him flip out but also, I don't know. I I, th- I think that's that's where even if I was in a state of watching this uh, completely for jokes and laughs and and absolutely, if you decide to watch this movie, you should. <laughs> that that's where kind of even the enjoyment of that kind of is sucked away by characters that are just like uh, laughably bad and not and not you know not in a good way uh, as it is with Tommy. If you happen to be inebriated, intoxicated, <laughs> this score probably goes up uh you know you can clock it maybe 30 points higher. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're we're working through how to communicate the so bad it's good in the rating, but I I think that's why I want to boil it down to that, you know, very simple, what works, what doesn't, uh, because I think more of it really, really doesn't work, and there's just that nugget of gold that is uh, Tommy's performance. (laughs) So, with that said, we are going to give the epic The Room 
A 23. A 23. Okay. I mean, I was expecting maybe a little bit higher just because it's like, it is that bad. It's good. Yes. Uh, but as a movie, that's actually a really good score. When you watch the movie, because it's like, it's just like, oh, this is a, what, a 2%? Right, right. An 8% if you're being kind. But yeah, like, exactly. that's so bad it's good. I think a 23 is like, it, it's it's an extremely good score. And so, <laughs> for, for what the movie yeah, is. Yeah, somehow appropriate. Somehow yes, appropriate. Exactly. Um, exactly. So let's jump to our next movie and we'll see if you were, if it was a good thing that you watched The Room before this one. Like, right. Is it, and people who haven't watched either of them, is it good to get an understanding? Right. You know, watch that first film kind of. So we'll move on to our second film. This is The Disaster Artist. It's directed by James Franco and it's came out in 2017 mm-hmm. uh the room came out in, in 2003 mm-hmm. and so uh what do we get in this film why is this film a thing and uh what does it do what's its purpose yeah this uh this film i mean kind of exists in a little bit of a bubble of its own uh that uh, apparently there there is one other movie called ed wood that was basically diving into a a, a disaster of a production and i i think this was probably a good amount of a gateway drug for some viewers but i wanted to pair these two to see if it was worth watching for a deeper appreciation of both films for that reason i think unfortunately no that is not the case it doesn't give any more appreciation to the source material because you're constantly being referenced to that and you almost just want to see the source material for that uh, reason. But but would you ever like you don't feel like you need to know it just to know like who the characters is like just to understand what James why James Franco is acting the way he is and it's just like oh he's actually supposed to be this guy and this other uh, yeah thing. I, I think James really does a good job <laughs> at, at, at capturing that uh, that madness and and putting life to the character behind the screen uh, something that unless you're really diving into Tommy's life uh, then you know you, you you don't really know uh, but the film really has little to add um, this is a by-the-books, a very straightforward documentary-style rags-to-riches type of story, even down to very predictable elements in the second act where there is going to be a separation of our main characters. It's It's just so predictable, and I feel like it really robs from what could have been, which is just almost a a beat for beat remake of the uh, of the room um towards the end of the film there is actually a comparison side by side of the room the original film and the scenes that they reshot for this okay none of that is in the real movie and i think that's probably the the biggest loss for this film because again the story is so generic so by the beats and i mean if you've seen any kind of even like musical biopic my go-to to shit on is always bohemian rhapsody very similar vibes here okay interesting um so uh i was not expecting that sentence to happen uh, yeah <laughs> very similar in ways to bohemian rhapsody in that it's it's, it's about as predictable as they come right yeah. uh like the actual movie it's about the performances here and i think james franco is doing a pretty great job uh tommy is a character in real life so having that tie into the performances of the production of mm-hmm. the film and then having more time with a caricature of Tommy is 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 very funny it's 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 the comedy of the film it's definitely you're always waiting for him to be on screen next uh, and was yeah. he believable as a character James you were watching him and, and like he made a good 
Tommy Wiseau. I I think so. I think he's he's definitely doing a lot of effort to not break at all, and I think all the way through he he keeps it. I, I think the film is a little bit unfair to Tommy's portrayal though because in sections it's honestly a little bit mean mean spirited I think oh okay in, in pointing fun at him and and again that's me going into this with not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, experience of listening to maybe interviews or right, but no one know, would be, right who is wa- sitting down watching this movie going through yeah, interviews you know what I mean yeah. we're kind of he- you know what I mean that's you're, true you're here to that's sit true. down and watch the film yeah yeah and um, that's, that's you know yeah and, and navigate especially because if you 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 come across this as a cult following, maybe it's in a, it's in a reshowing at a theater or something like that. You know, sure, yeah, yeah, you know that that's uh, you know is is that going to be worth it? But as far as the, my point, I'm trying to make here is I think plot wise, it, it it's it's almost a cartoon of Tommy, and then the one plot point that this film has in the relationship between Dave Franco, uh, his brother, who's playing the uh, the other main character in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the one plot point that this adds, the one unique piece that it adds to the story and the production around the film, it's it just goes nowhere, and it almost seems like it's there to explain something that doesn't need to be explained around... Tommy's eccentric energy, and I, I mean mm-hmm. capital E eccentric. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is this is out there. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a little bit of a give and take because I like what James Franco is doing, but I don't necessarily like what the script is doing with Tommy as a character. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely makes yeah. sense. Um, truthful or not, though, I mean this movie plays such a by the beat underdog story. I mean, even with as interesting as a subject matter as the room. I mean, I I would imagine right, anyone right. that watches that film, they 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 will ask the one question: How did this film get made? Yes, I think so. I think it's being. I think anyone is asking that throughout the film. Exactly. I mean, the fact that it it takes that that uh, that electricity that can be around an idea for a documentary style yeah. or, or or biopic style movie like this, it just comes off as so plain and uninspired and so on leash to the Hmm. actual moments that are in the film that the best parts about this movie as the disaster artists are when you're seeing the real movie of of the room being played out. Because they're just as funny right, as, right. The, as the as the actual movie, uh, so, so it's wa- it's wasting itself. Yeah, it's yeah. wasting it's, it's itself. It's stripping itself of importance and things. Exactly. Okay. You know, and 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 the real world plot, you know, the actual production plot has no point to make. It's just recreating those those moments, those I I would say iconic moments of the film. So it makes me that that's where I relate to that question. Why was this dramatization made of the production of the film if that's probably the worst part and it, they seem hmm. more so they just want to recreate the comedy, which is it's there. It's already you know, there. Street, it's yeah. interesting because it's ironic that the fact that it's almost like what you have here is a very tame film. Mhm. Yeah, you know, a- absolutely tame, plain, uninspired. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's by the books and kind of a bore for that reason. Until we get into the actual replication of what we know the the madness of right the at that point, it's be. been there, done that. Yeah, you know, the- and at that point, there there is some good supporting cast. Uh, Seth Rogen, for instance, I thought was really good. Um, uh, there, there is a lot of supporting cast out there that uh, that this film leans on and definitely replicates the confusion that any audience member has. Of course, in the screening of this film, then there's there's a lot of uh, kind of phases that the audience go 
goes through, uh, which I think anyone that's actually seen the film can relate. So the film's successful there, but again, I can't get over just how painfully plain uh, it was uh, for the ride. So, uh, and and that's where I'll kind of uh, wrap things up. I mean, maybe a a, a no duh statement that the enjoyment of this film lies in the source material. But I think what works in this film is totally on lease mm-hmm. to yeah. the original work. And the behind-the-scenes look uh, gives very little insight and uh, to the film itself. It has almost no arc, has, has nothing of substance there. Uh, nothing added, nothing gained. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And in that case, I would just say watch the source material so uh i think where i land with this rating is more so middle of the road just because it was not necessarily a bad film more so uninspired we're gonna go ahead and give the disaster artist a 39 39 okay i I think uh, i mean it's kind of odd to say that i uh, the enjoyment of the room was better and has a lower score but I mean, I, you have to watch. One's it. a terribly made yeah. movie, you know, right, uh, like production ja- speaking, and, <laughs> right? And James Franco's acting is actually quite good. Exactly. Of what is that? like, there's yeah. actual good qualities about it as far yeah. as just like filmmaking goes. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of care put into the performance and a lot of care put into you know the character that is Tommy. You yeah, know? It just it, falls flat a in a lot of other ways. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, that's interestingly makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's I, you have to watch him to understand for sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the 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 whole point in exploring it that way is I wanted to see if watching back to back there there was that shared appreciation for both. If kind of both of them lifted each other up. Unfortunately, I kind of found the opposite. And and if anything, I would right, just right. encourage having the room on its own. And then only if you're really fascinated to see Franco's performance, then you know give the disaster. Yeah, artist a yeah shot. you know what? I think that works exactly right. Yeah, and very middle of the road. And it's just it's 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 funny. It's one of the situations where you know you can look at the scores on the daily ratings mm-hmm. and you look at 80s or 90s, and it's like you know. You 90s you absolutely you know one of the best films ever made 80s are kind of like a must watch especially mm-hmm. above 85 70s are really good movies 60s are like okay good movies like you're judging on whether you should watch or not mm-hmm. with the room at a 23 it's like it's a terrible movie yeah. this is one of the ones where it's a really bad movie and yet it's something you probably should watch yeah <laughs> especially with friends or something like that you yeah. throw it on the background it's just like it's a great you know have a great time That's with, what, with, yeah. with your friends or your significant other <laughs> exactly yeah um, something to laugh at, but also kind of earnestly laugh at it. You know, it's not. Right. Nec- I mean, it's making fun of it, but there there is oddly heart. It's like the greatest the- SNL sketch because <laughs> it comes across as like trying to be funny, even though it's not. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's oh, very for sure. interesting. Uh, yeah, for sure. But anyways, uh, folks, so we're gonna move on here to completely make do something different. Uh, get away from the room. Get away from the disaster artist here. Uh, we're gonna go in and do Klaus. Yes. Uh, so this was on my radar for a few reasons. One, I did want to incorporate some Christmas movies. Uh, didn't get around because, frankly speaking, we had a lot of mainline releases. Yeah. I was expecting yes, to did, yeah. have a a standalone Christmas special for revisits and and, and whatnot, but uh, just didn't exactly work out for how the weeks planned out. Klaus, though, I, I'm very happy I gave time to watch, though, uh, because... As far as a Christmas story, it's it's very fun to watch 
I don't want to use something so cliche as like fun for the whole family, but it, it really is nice because it, it's anyone can get behind what the the Santa story is, the Santa mythos, if you will, if you really want to go highbrow about it, uh, and it parodies that. Uh, it, okay. it creates that type of origin story, which I think is nice. It is also a powerhouse as far as animation. Uh, Sergio, of course, comes from working with uh, Illumination and a Despicable Me. This is now his first breakaway with his own studio, SPA Studios, which... As far as animation studios go, the well, let's let's talk about Klaus specifically. The animation here is breathtaking. I really love the mix of 2D animation and then creating kind of a cell shaded 3D look to it. Shadows just look so gorgeous. Interesting. In this film. Okay. Wow. Also, the design of characters, of buildings, of machines. Uh, they're so stretched and uh, I mean really, I, I was just in love with the look of this film which I think is very important for me to get behind any animation. It's why I love uh, on, on the Japanese side, you know, any kind of Studio Ghibli, uh, you know, Miyazaki work. It, it's it's looking at something and have your imagination sparked by this. Uh, and I, I thought it was really a great That's hugely film. important. That's a great way to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes you don't even, you're not even like Sometimes you're not aware of it. Sometimes it's just drawing you in even more. Absolutely. You know, it just adds to your enjoyment of the film, even if you're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was little moments like uh, seeing the dogs, how they were designed so thin and, and stylized. Uh, just just really awesome. And, and, and Yeah, I mean, and, if you were drawn to the shadows <laughs> of things in the film. And the shadow, that's a big point, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is not for nothing, though, because it's paired with a little bit of the story. I mean, this is... I, I think there's a certain pairing here. Why does this story need to be animation? I think this uh, this is a story about taking a child's imagination of what makes Santa Santa and, and grows it from there. Uh, sometimes that's subverted. Sometimes that's just played as a straight origin story. Uh, so uh, really, really great. As far as the where the story is structured, what we're looking at here is it's it's very Emperor's New Groove. We have a self-absorbed character pairing with someone that is good-hearted. Okay. Uh, that, of course, <laughs> is the origin for Santa. Uh, so, like I said, I think I think the best parts about this story itself is scenes are set up that take what we all know Santa to be and either is playing that for a joke, playing that for a little bit of an intentional misdirection, or just plainly playing it safe okay. uh, and, and, and straightforward for how this Santa origin story would come about in this, this odd world. Uh, there's also a lot of effort put into... Creating an environment of where Santa would have actually a struggle, you know, <laughs> to 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 come about and give gifts to children, which you would say from a story perspective, you know, why would that be a, a boundary? But there's 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 a lot there uh, for a children's story to cast a villain out of a society against the idea of Santa, and obviously lead it with the children just loving this idea of what Santa Claus will become, and, and it, it really is a, a wonderful Christmas story for that reason. Real quick with the with uh, one note that I want to make with some of the animation, um, I think as far as, I mean, I'm excited, I haven't, I did some research into Sergio's uh, studio, this is the first production for it, I think, I, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see where they go with this, I'll hold maybe a, a must-watch type of 
review for this because I want to see where the studio goes, but this gives me similar feelings to seeing Kubo and the Two Strings from Lakita Studio that, wow, this is some exciting stuff here and definitely should be paid attention to. Okay. I mean, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great to see there's constantly new developments in animation style kind of. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's nice that it's not like, oh, we've seen it all, mm-hmm. you know? It's, mm-hmm. it, that's pretty cool. And, and you hit the nail on the head of why I think... I should be on them because maybe quality of the movies aside, it's more so paying attention to the advances in animation, what's being done creatively, where Pixar has just dominated uh, and Disney has just dominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right in that for um, sure. So uh, interesting to see. Uh, probably my least favorite thing about this movie. I mean, it's a, it's a kids movie, so I'm not going to really just uh, you know take it out to the woodshed. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, there's some really I don't know. I, I wasn't digging some of the license music and this. Uh, it's really out oh. of place. Place a little cookie some, cutter? Not, not, yeah, I guess cookie cutter. It's just, I don't know. Generic, maybe. Yeah, generic. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. It was so out of left field where I think the score is actually really great in this. Oh, and, very and cool. On brand for the Christmas, uh, you know, obviously it is a Christmas movie through and through. Um, but it, it just, it felt out of place. And if I had to criticize a children's movie for anything, uh, it, I mean, that that's that's really where it landed for me. But, um, but beyond that, I'm not going to take a magnifying glass to this too much. It is a children's film. Uh, mm. And I think one worth paying attention to for a variety of reasons. I think chief among them is just breathtaking visuals and 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 just such a creative take on a played out story like Santa Claus uh, to to make an origin story out of it I think is is great uh, a very cute Christmas story and unique in animation to keep it fresh for years to come and I think that's where I land with this rating because especially for a Christmas story, it's going to be something that's revisited potentially year after year. Time and time. It's on Netflix as well. Yes. I mean, well, it's a Netflix film. So mm-hmm. it's just the fact that like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day or something like that, great for the family to put on or like when the adults are together, have the kids in a room and just yep. put on Klaus or something like absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that repeat nature, I was trying to look at this in a way of, of what would this film be like to revisit year after year. And I think because the animation is so unique, once again, a in the cap of this movie because it's you're, you're probably going to appreciate aspects more and more as you as you absorb you know what's on screen so uh, with that said we will go ahead and give Klaus a 72 a 72 very good score and uh, I have not watched this. I was actually gonna—I was just gonna press play one day, and mm. I just—I didn't for some for whatever reason. I forget what I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I actually went to Bill Murray Christmas special, a very Murray <laughs> Christmas. But that's really good to hear. Fascinated to see the animation style too. Yes, and, uh, and the story because again, it's—it's it's a story that you're going to be revisiting. Does it have that rewatchability once mm, a year, mm-hmm. like some of those Chris, other Christmas greats do? You know what I mean? Exactly, and that's why I thought it was important, especially for viewing the the movie through that way. Oh, absolutely. certainly Netflix would want to position it that way as well. <laughs> That's yeah, true. The marketing's going to put <laughs> putting it down our throats. Uh, well, 72, very good film. I mean, it's, it's, it's a should watch for, for everybody out there. But before we move on to our next two films, we're going to go into our producer segment here. We just want to remind everybody, Vin and I host the show. You all help produce the show. We don't think of you as listeners. You are producers. And the way you help produce is you can go to thedailyratings.com. You can head on over to the donations tab. And uh, you can donate to us whatever amount of value that you feel you're getting from us, from the podcast, from the website. You know, if you're checking that out, too. It takes a lot of time to do this, and it takes a little bit of money, and we want to just hear from you and see from you how much you're enjoying it or not enjoying it. Again, with each donation, 
you send in a note to us and it gets read on the air. This is our donation segment. You know, we'll read your name and and your do- and your note, whatever it may say. And uh, we really appreciate the support from you all. Um, it's helping keeping us going. It is a good time to do, but we're building something here, and uh, we want to build something with you and and build up that base of just kind of a family. You know, people sure. who love film, or even if you stop by for an episode here or there to listen, just a couple times of the year. You know, you know, there's a lot of people who may be listening to this just because maybe not not the biggest film advocates, Mm -hmm. but they'll care about a movie coming out or something like that. And it's a place you can quick stop by, listen to the review, or just stop by the site, you know? And, Wondering uh, if it's worth your time, you know, it's a right. guide for that reason. You know? And everyone involved, everyone who who supports us, it's you know, you are just the most beautiful people out there. <laughs> we can't uh, we can't thank you enough. So again, it's a dailyratings.com, the donations tab. Any amount of value, as big or small, as you would be graciously willing to give us, we so much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, we're going to keep on going. Our next two films here are in theaters or at least now playing films. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the Adam McKay film. Mm. Don't look. Up. Okay, okay. So uh, a doozy. Uh, Don't look up, I feel, has been on my radar for some time. Uh, Netflix made a really big push to let audiences and subscribers know what their, their lineup was, and it felt like this was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, probably no other kind of awards season shooting type of movies. I mean, I mean it's you not look, Red Notice or anything like that. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the cast. They got Leo. Yeah. You know they, got I mean? Leo. they got Leo. <laughs> and yeah. then you and then you add on other like massive actors. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a big old crew in this film. Absolutely. Folks at home, the elevator pitch for this very simply is uh, scientists, Leo included, uh, and Jennifer Lawrence uh, study are uh, astrologists and when it Astrono- when, yeah, astronomers ooh, how could i make that mistake it's all right that Thanks. that's <laughs> that's why i'm here i turn on the mics <laughs> turn on the mics yeah. and i caught that <laughs> that's good thank you for catching that <laughs> um they find that there is a giant comet coming to crash into the earth and uh what plays out over the film is very straightforward a comedy that doesn't necessarily have the biting social commentary that McKay has really been fixated with uh, for his last two, maybe three films, but instead kind of a more of an idiocracy fiasco that unfolds. McKay crafts a stylized fiction. This absolutely reminded me much more in the comedy style of a stepbrothers, an anchorman uh, of his earlier works. Really? Wrapped in the package of what his movies have become with this kind of social commentary. Right, and political, yeah, political bent. Exactly. Right, right. I, I think where I'm coming positive with this film is that it is fully back into fiction, so it allows his characters to just be characters. Okay, in in comparison, rather, to the... Um Vice and, and mm-hmm. a um, financial one. What is that? A <laughs> uh, uh, big short. That's right. So, yeah. so where those are just like dealing with real topics mm-hmm. and real heavy, kind of like heavy issues at times. Mm-hmm. He actually brings it to. Okay, let's get like let's exactly. set the stage for something completely <laughs> fake and yeah. have that fun with it. I think that full absurdism is where this movie lives and dies, and. 
you know, a little bit of the critical reception of the film has been all over the place. Uh, we see very opening Rotten Tomatoes giving this, I think, as high as 90s, and now things have plummeted. Uh, and I think, I don't know, that's a t- separate topic altogether. The, the critics started high? <laughs> and now... Wait, so it's not the audience, you're not saying the big gap between critics and audience? No, yeah, critics and audiences started high, now both have plummeted. Maybe uh, not plummeted, but have definitely leveled out. It just, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, of course, uh, a special... See, this is what itself. we're talking about. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Because, uh, like, th- that's where money kicks in. See, and that's where, we're, like, we don't want to be swayed by anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, as, as, like, people might think that we're we're beggars for money or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, mm-hmm. we're not shilling dumb products or something like that. We're not going to MeUndies constantly <laughs> every five minutes or something like that or trying to sell mattresses. It's like, that's why the whole pitch is for the value for value model. Yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like, okay, Netflix, give us some money. We'll pump your movie when people are like, <laughs> when most Googling it. You know what yep, I mean? Yep, exactly. And uh, it's just like, oh my gosh, look how good of a score it's getting. We have to watch it. You yep. pump Netflix numbers up. Netflix kicks back a little to IMVD, mm-hmm. IMDb, whatever, um, Rotten Tomatoes and everything yep, like that. Yep. Yeah, it's garbage. It's, it's hot just, garbage. I, I just, I don't know. Not to rant on it. No, talking, I, I mean, it, it, hits the, it hits the button. Uh, and uh, more importantly, I mean, what we always talk about, folks, with consistency, I mean, what good is a 90 score going to be from Rotten Tomatoes if, one, it fluctuates a week later, and, two, what good is a 90 when there's no consistency among, around what you know a 90 to what be? What the hell does 90 even mean? Exactly. Right, right. Anyway, exactly. anyway, anyway yeah. back to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think uh, why? I bring it up as far as the critical reception is I think uh, the amount of hurt feelings on all sides media politics you know just just how we would react to the crisis I think it's definitely a positive indicator of how telling the movie is and how much he's able McKay that is has been able to take the usual type of sites he has set on and make it fictional and make it work for so much better of a reason. Uh, I think as far as the comedy, it is part Truman Show. I would say probably another part Tropic Thunder as far as some of the crassness sometimes. Uh, it's definitely wrapped up in Armageddon as the plot, <laughs> if, if, if you remember Armageddon with Bruce Willis. Uh, and if I really wanted to be generous, I would say a, a small sprinkling of Dr. Strangelove. I think that's a little bit of high praise if we're comparing this movie to a Kubrick film. Uh, but there definitely is a sight set that this film has to put everyone in the position that the idiocracy that plays out, the um, the hysteria that plays out, no one's better than each other because we're all going to be in the same position uh, if a meteor is coming to the earth. We're, we're all specks. We're all ants, you know. Uh, and I think that's where I think the comedy works, and I would compare it probably closest to The Truman Show because everyone but our very main characters they're all idiots, and I think in the grand scheme of things, that works as a comedy because it, it, up against these stakes, we would all be idiots as well. Right, okay, so instead of instead of McKay just picking maybe, you know, going after a side or going after half of sure. a group, he's going, he's going for, okay, let's insult every group here. Let's exactly. insult the everybody. It's collateral damage. It's, right, like you said, politics, they go after left and right. They go after tech, right? Yeah. They go after, like you said, media. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So I think that probably the critique of media, as much as political sides are, are kind of, uh, have their knives out with this film, I, I really think it's really most scathing to the media angle of this, and, and definitely the most enjoyable, because I think everyone's probably sick yeah, of that. Of, yeah, most <laughs> yeah. of people are cool with that. Yeah, uh, also big tech, how could I leave that out? I mean, I it, it is 
is it is absolutely gunning for big tech's role in our politics in society. Right, and, and once again, something everyone can kind of get behind. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I think there's a lot here. I, I'm not going to go so far to say, because I, believe me, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth this early in the podcast history. <laughs> I don't want to go to say that this is going to be timeless or anything like that. I think right, it right. will has the potential to age very well and and only become more true uh, with uh, with especially with some of those uh, some of those factors there uh, a very very large cast including both Leo DiCaprio and Leo's screaming voice as a character in its own. Okay, he has a freak out. We, uh, yes, have, we get a yes. classic Leo freak out. We, we get we get the Leo screaming voice, which is great. But I, I think the cast buckles its uh, buckles this film a little bit. If I have to really give a critique to it, some performances are pretty great, but they're not too long on screen. Some performances outlive their welcome on screen, and I think. And I'll, and I'll point this to Jonah Hill. I'm, I'm really not trying to dig into Jonah Hill uh, in, in a couple episodes in a row, but uh, I, I think him specifically is going to land with different audiences. That's where uh, my observation comes into play, that the comedy is a Tropic Thunder, much more reminiscent of uh, Step Brothers, of Anchorman. You know what I mean? Uh, there's there's a lot there that reminds me of earlier McKay work. Okay, uh, interesting. So... But I, I think the best the best praise I can give this movie is that again it is idiocracy it is fiasco on all sides and and truly all characters are held up to the same the same lens that we are you know ants we are idiots on a floating rock up against something that we truly have no control over uh the film also does some very interesting creative editing to get this message across if if you look into the production of this film into the press release of this film a lot of people are saying that there is an allegory made for or or maybe the point of the film is that it's comparing against climate change that's certain. I have no doubt. Uh, knowing McKay's track record, I have no doubt he's probably adding that to the the pot. Uh, yeah, and the Leo's mini- involvement. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think actually in the edit, there's if you watch this film for itself, I think in the edit there's constantly cutaways to nature to creatures on the planet and it actually is quite beautiful I mean really some stunning work uh, and 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 looks gorgeous but I think if if I had to support my viewpoint that this is about we are no different than anything on this floating rock and up against uh, the stakes of you know being obliterated no one really has control over that over their fate I think the nature cuts in this film help sell the idea that Though we have all these aspects that we play together with, the relationships of the characters on screen, the the, the politics, the media, you know, all of that, we truly are no different than the hummingbird uh, dipping into a flower. You know, they are up against the same stakes. They are up. We are we are just with any other creature on this planet. You know, in that threat of being obliterated. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But tying it to the Tying it to the so you're saying he made cuts away and that's when you were thinking about the climate change aspect to it like yeah. that would that was when it was being pushed most not even through dialogue but just through visual like mm-hmm. almost felt like okay I'm watching a campaign for I don't know a climate change PSA or something like that right that's right. when that right okay I I think that why I'm bringing it up is I think if there is going to be a narrative lens that we view the movie through. 
Uh, it is absolutely in those edits. I think what I'm suggesting in at least my understanding of the film in its Truman Show type of approach that everyone's an idiot uh, or everyone's consumed with what really doesn't matter about life. Right, of course, uh, yeah. It's in those edits as well. So I think there's, there's kind of a split enjoyment. Uh, okay. And I would encourage, as with all films, tune out a little bit enjoy the film for what it is right, you know right. and, and i think again that sells what i'm trying to say around it is a fiction it is supposed to be removed enjoy it for what it you know what that fiction is then. okay so visual comedy uh, i think there's some really sharp cuts there's some really sharp visual comedy edits in here uh very reminiscent of, of an edgar wright style uh in earlier works i think i i noted already it makes for quite a beautiful looking film uh and i think added to that to the feel of a fiasco the feel of the of the idiocy uh the soundtrack i think really was a highlight for me i i really enjoyed the soundtrack of how it played into the scrambling of this uh and certainly the the manic nature of a lot of characters leo and and and, and jennifer lawrence included so other than that like i said i i don't want to potentially pigeonhole myself in being too positive on this because I am a fan of when a lens is 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 taken to society by a work of fiction. It's why I like science fiction so much. I think uh, the real deciding factor is do the jokes stand up? Do the performances stand up as well in the package of social comedy commentary that it's it's wrapped all up in? That we can you know yet to be seen in the here and now though. I absolutely think Don't Look Up is worth your time. We're going to go ahead and give it a 74. 74? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't think I would have not guessed that. I would not have guessed that. I, I think but, the the actual you know the we're talking about the look the actual the the feel of the film the the production of it, I mean I think it's it's a gorgeous looking film too. There's a lot of technical aspects there for appreciation as okay. well. Like I said, even even the soundtrack big standout for me. So that's why I was coming pretty positive. Wow. Okay. That. Very cool. Wow. I'm very interested to hear what people have to say about it. And where we have people hating it for this reason, hating it for that reason, because... It feels like it's all over the map, too. You And that's what you've been hearing from people? Like, yes. you've been hearing people from either side, like, like bashing it and things like that, like, me and, and like left and right bashing it. 100%. Kind of and, I think there's a political divide here. I think there is people that probably just hate that it's a comedy and and I, there's there's a weird discourse that it's below leo or anything like that i i, I don't see the value in discussing it that way you know i mean it's, it's right. a, you're sitting down and watching a movie exactly and the yeah. best and the best thing you can say to somebody well especially because like you take you take away the tech and the media side and you're just mm-hmm. going to politically especially sure. with just like where we the political climate of mm-hmm. like where we're at now mm-hmm. i think that's good of advice to go into it and just watch a movie absolutely like put yourself in it yeah yeah because if you're going to overanalyze a work of fiction i mean certainly it can have its allegories and what it what it's meaning behind it uh but um i i still think at the at the end of the day it's a comedy work of fiction i think there can be some it, enjoyment right. laughing at yourself a okay. little bit and you it's know? not too much in your face just because with the mckay and leo exactly. just with their with their history of things sure sure just do your best to go into it and just, mm-hmm. you're watching a film. Absolutely, absolutely. You're watching a film and uh, it's, it's you know, I, I, th- I think if, if a comedy can't cause you to take 
life a little less seriously and maybe laugh at yourself and and how someone or, or you you know your side would react to a situation i mean what what's the point of it then you know what i mean I think, right right i think it's it's got to be taken a little less seriously cool so. okay all right so 74 percent. yeah all right we're, so we're going to move on here to the much anticipated film here. <laughs> you send me up for failure well, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks so we're going to go into spider-man no way home yes much anticipated and very revered uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course, the conclusion of the John Watts trilogy uh, or his trilogy with this. I mean, uh, this has, I felt, I, I'd be very curious to the numbers, how much of an advertising budget this movie has. I mean, this has been, I feel like, shoveled by Disney, yeah. by Marvel I'm- to be such a blockbuster release. Um, and part of it could be, you know, it's it's coming out in a unique time here with just with, with COVID where, you know, we're in a period where people are going to the movies. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This came out. It's really the most people were going to the movies since since pre-pandemic. And mm-hmm. it's a big Marvel movie. You know, movie the Marvel movie that came out before this was Legend uh, of the... Uh, Ten Ring Shang-Chi. Right. And which did... Oh, actually, no. Uh, Eternals was after that. Ah, boy. Mm. That kind of just fell off the map, though, <laughs> a little bit. Even with yeah. ticket sales, like... The legend, uh, yeah, Shang Chi, Shang Chi did very well, mm-hmm. it, and it did do pretty well, especially for for after COVID and everything like that. But the pre ticket sales for for Spider Man No Way Home, uh, like outpaced the Avengers and everything yeah, like that. Insane. Like it was, it's wow. It's like yeah. to the point yeah. where when I found that out, I was like, okay, it is just the, it, like I, it's a third Spider Man movie, and this mm-hmm. is the third third Spider Man movie. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. We had the to- <laughs> right. we, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. We've had it's, that it's sensation so two other times I, I, before, yeah. so uh, it was just sh- it was shocking to see that push behind it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, whatever advertising they did, I mean, it looks mm-hmm. like they're really getting it back. That's mm-hmm. for sure. That, Absolutely. That money back. Yeah, uh, I would say it, there's a lot of importance put on the trilogy aspect of this movie because it is very much off the coattails of the post credits uh, scene for uh, No Way Home. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. What was this? Uh, no Way. Spider-Man No Way Home. There's Homecoming. Oh, homecoming, and then... And then there's... Um, far From Home. Far From Home. <laughs> Forgive me. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man. I like that Spider-Man is more of a kid uh, in, in this trilogy. Is he your favorite out of the three? I don't think I really have a favorite. I like Spider-Man, but I don't think any of them have been. Wow, this is this is my Spider-Man. Or okay, anything okay. Like that, if I'm being honest, but what I'm bringing across with the trilogy, it really is tied directly in that the the premise of this film is basically that Spider-Man's identity has been leaked to the world uh, by Mysterio and. We, you know, he has to deal with that fallout, both media-wise, uh, social pressure, and, and and I think where the movie hits uh, probably in the best way is the pressure that he feels in the conflict of his personal life and his superhero life. Uh, I think Tom brings a lot of range for that reason in this, to feel conflict, emotional, and more anything, I think... It's it's probably a revisited topic in a lot of Spider-Man films that there's a desire to hang up the suit and not be Spider-Man anymore, anymore and leave a normal life. Uh, I think this probably hits on it best, and, and or at least on par with like a Spider-Man two, at least to mine. Okay, uh, so 
Uh, this is, of course, if you, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe if you've been living under a rock, uh, you may not understand uh, the uh, how much they have put this in the forefront, but especially when it comes to the extended cast of Crossover City, this has some of the coolest inclusions of villains that I've seen in a long time for Marvel. Even over Avengers? Or are you uh, saying like it's... it's The villain specifically. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just like the fact, I mean, if like Spider-Man, we're always chasing Sinister Six as a concept uh, of the group of villains. Uh, we are one short. I don't know why they stopped me. You know, <laughs> they could have just pulled one more villain from the you know from the the movies. But uh, I feel like honestly, this is probably the closest we're gonna get to that Sinister Sinister Six movie because there's a big juggling act happening on screen between the very big personalities. Willem Dafoe is, I mean, almost you know without a second thought. Uh, the absolute standout. He's phenomenal in this, and uh, I think uh, all the all the villains are are really a delight to see. Some of the some of the cooler callbacks are are the non Spider Man IPs, uh, and and I think this sells what we've been seeing post Civil War in these Marvel films of getting a real comic book feel. You know, a a, a comic book feels like a a superhero jumping into a story, adding a little bit, maybe popping out. Maybe they're part of the story, but there's a mix and match of a roster without it having to be an Avengers film. And I think this film finally... Well, maybe not finally, but ah. helps to crack that feel that, yeah, we're going to have Doctor Strange in this. And it's not a Doctor Strange movie, and it's still fully a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but it felt different than an Avengers or that Captain America Civil War, where yes. it seems like an Avengers 2.5. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. Exactly. It, it has its own unique style. We're introducing a lot of characters here, mm-hmm. but it's all good. It, it has its own Spider-Man feel still. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty, that's, that's, a, that's a something to... Uh, that's a nice balance. Yeah, for sure. and I think it's something worthy of some kudos because it's. Uh, I mean, bottom line, uh, if you're gonna have like, for instance, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, a mainline actor, uh, be very supporting role in this. I-, I think that's cool that they can do that with their massive cast that they built up. Uh, again, if I had to make a distinction of why this is different than in Avengers, no one's really fighting for screen time. Which I- I've talked to Tom about this plenty of times. That there's such a round robin. Everyone has a quip to say everyone has to get in their two cents in a oh, scene it's, it's, yeah. it's nauseating when it comes to like you're trying to watch good filmmaking and it's just exactly. it's non-existent yeah exactly so when it when it comes to having these characters you'll comfortably be on the side I, I, that that's where the kudos lies like i said uh, you know villains are probably at their best a lot of development is given to doc ock and green goblin which definitely some of the coolest uh, villains and the performances there are are really top notch um i think it gives equal parts the mustache twirling villain uh but also has a deeper look into how these villains are broken and and definitely more in line with modern Marvel trying to create depth, trying to create a villain you you definitely love, but you also understand. It's not just a CGI monster on screen or anything like that. So I think there's, there's some development there. Uh, I have talked a lot about what I think works with this, and I'll make the distinction in a little bit, folks, around something likable but not necessarily good, but... Uh, as, as positive as I've been with this, it is offset immensely uh, by go. a. I think because <laughs> here we go. I think it I was is like, offset. Who is this guy sitting across from me right now? 
Well, I think there's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to the film. It's a huge juggling sure, act. Sure, sure. Many different, you know. I'm just saying, who was the guy? I, where's the guy I walked out of the theater <laughs> with? I think I'm about to get him. You're about to get him. Listen, <laughs> this film is beloved in in the reception that it has received, and I am certainly not trying to be a party pooper, but I honestly, I. I challenge anyone to really look at this script and and call it anything but terrible. Uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens in this film, and of course, you know, the Marvel kitsch is on display. The 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 Marvel wittiness is on display. Now, now, when you say nothing happens, what do you mean by that exactly? You know, it's two and a half hours long. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's a story. There's a big story behind it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean nothing happens? So so the and again, definitely no spoilers or anything like that. But the film is uh, is is fixated even on the that little bit of an elevator pitch that it's Spider Man having his identity revealed. It the 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 film circles the drain uh, on that idea uh, probably four way to put times it. yeah it's a very good way to put it uh, and it's just it's just constantly going around the same concept again and again and yes stakes are increasing but honestly i mean it's the the fact that even certain lines are just brought up again and again i the, the script was was a, re- a real big disappointment for me and again that's not without some balance to the criticism. I think characters are interesting to watch on screen. I think performances are good. Uh, the story itself is just... I mean, what happens in this film? I think there's a big honeymoon effect or honeymoon period with this film that people are riding the high of this very exciting crossover that happens on screen. Um, you know, Probably something not so ambitious of this has been achieved since you know uh, avengers or, or or endgame and infinity war you know yeah do, do you think a lot of this is just an absolute kind of um there's something about the spider-man it's the third one we haven't seen the avengers in a little bit mm-hmm. do you think there's something about that kind of uh marvel fan club push mm. as far as the reception or do you think actually like are we? Are, like, are you surprised with actually some of the critical reviews coming? coming yeah, I, I think they're it, it, surprised on both because I didn't expect people to be this much in love of the Marvel, you know, the Marvel fans. Right, right. Uh, which you know, to say this is better than Infinity War and Endgame, I think even for those like hardcore fans is is ridiculous. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, real again, I challenge you. What really happens in this film? I I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to the critical reception, I mean, there's a lot of love with this film, and and you know, for the first time in a while, I felt on the outs uh, with my reception of this. Uh, so much so that I did see this film a second time in theaters because it's not on streaming or anything. I didn't right, have the right. luxury of like a Dune or you know something like that. Yeah, but hey, yeah, get the theater experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I mean, I was to the point dead on the same feelings i just i just think nothing is accomplished in this film and at that point does it truly make a spider-man story you know we we're not really getting across what this this Spider-Man Tom Holland is going through if it's just this one note of he's dealing with this identity problem and uh, then then chaos ensues and it, but by the end we're still just dealing with this this same prompt this same story prompt that has been from the beginning and I I just I can't help but feel it's a little bit of a waste of time for that reason okay like I said there's and it was a... billed as the exact opposite exactly yeah you know the big finale so 
sure. huge to watch. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's yeah, yeah, inconsequential. You know, even even I feel like there's mm. uh, you know, the impact to the Marvel continuity is 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 a little copped out at the end as well. So, yeah, I I, I think I, I just I just challenge I probably a vast majority of our audience has either uh, seen this film on opening night or or is dying to see it again uh, at a bird's eye what truly happens in this film and what are its themes i i would really be just very interested to see what people would think that is because for me i i could not find much substance there and yeah it's too much uh the marvel kitsch uh and especially i mean i was giving some praise to the inclusion of doctor strange with <laughs> with benedict cumberbatch but the marvel jokiness for benedict cumberbatch is probably the worst his inclusion in the film while i think cool conceptually does not work, and probably to my point about the repeating, circling the drain. Yes, yeah. He's a key. He's the keystone to that. I feel like we return to Doctor Strange to give a structure to the film, uh, and again, it, it's it's not one note. It's only got one point to make story wise. Does that make sense? No, oh, yeah, and it's what. Yeah, no, I I think that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, uh, it, it, I just. I think there's a serious honeymoon period with this, especially if you haven't seen the film. I I, th- I think illustrating the score is that I'm not in love with it, but it's not bad, and there's certainly a like a lot to like and a lot to love about this film. I I, I just cannot shake the wasted time feeling. Um, uh, and the lack and, of importance is kind of a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because even if we're gonna take this Marvel continuity. You know, that really, in all actuality, means nothing. But if you're going to really take it on the nose and take it seriously, what has been done for Spider-Man? What is What themes has Spider-Man conquered in this film? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just, I don't know. Uh, it, w- it left me very lukewarm with it. And, and like I said in a little bit, uh, or a little bit ago, uh, I would like to end with that concept of likable, but not necessarily good. Um, wow. You know, on you just describe Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what you just did. Yes, yeah, he's so true. He's so, that's so true. Um, on first watch, I mean, you may be, you know, in love with this movie, the razzle-dazzle of it, you know. Uh, they pulled the wool over your eyes, and now, I mean, if you like this movie, there's no problem. And, and, and likable but not necessarily good, I think, is a concept that we'll probably revisit many a time on the podcast because... I probably like a lot of bad movies, technically speaking, but if you like it and there's 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 something worth your time there, then I think that's important to highlight. And certainly the goal of of you know this time conscious watching viewer guide that that the podcast is set up for, um, I, I think. Uh, on a second rewatch of this, on an appreciation of what the script is actually doing, what the story is doing uh, for 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 Marvel, for Spider-Man specifically, I, I just think it is very shallow, uh, and maybe circling the drain is a little bit too severe. Uh, but uh, I. It, it comes off as a waste for how much we revisit concepts and we revisit the single prompt in this film uh, that it is based off of. Uh, I challenge even definitely the fans of Marvel. I mean, I may not be the the most hardcore comic book nerd, but is this a meaningful Spider-Man story? Uh, and I, I would be interested to talk with folks at home in our audience uh, of, of what that means to you, a meaningful Spider-Man story, and if this movie tackled that. So uh, for a 
non-Marvel fan on the other side, uh, I think I think it's a hard pass because it is so in love with itself. It's so deep in oh, its, yeah, its comic yeah, yeah, bookiness. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's definitely on the same praise that I, I like that it is becoming much more comic book uh, for all the splashes of style it has. I think more and more this this separates itself a little bit from the non-Marvel fans and, and, and required viewing that uh, the homework, I guess I want to say, with these films. Right, so. right. But with that said, uh, I think we are going to go ahead and give Spider-Man No Way Home a 47. Ooh, didn't crack the 50s. A 47, huh? I have to, illu- I mean, it, there's a lot good. I have to illustrate my kind of blandness with it. And I definitely have to illustrate that I think it's it's on the south side wow. of, of lukewarm. What number, and I actually forget, we walked out of the theater. I mean, you were be- not beside yourself, but like from, <laughs> from the hype that, that was around the film. Right. Even like from, again, from pre-ticket sales to that first week of like opening week and uh, everything right. like that. Well, you walked out of the film with, with a tentative score of what? I think, I think tentative score, I think I gave it like a 53 or maybe even 57. Wow. So second watch. Second watch dropped it a little bit Wow. And again, I really wanted to illustrate here that there's some there's more disfaction, dissatisfaction with this film than that that offsets uh, how much good there is with this film in performances, in 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 cool factor, in, right. in in villains, you know. So really, if you're wedded to the Spider-Man story, maybe mm-hmm. go give it a watch. For everybody mm-hmm. else, it's just viewers. You know, uh, view, yeah. Uh, I mean, don't waste your time. I mean, that's it, what that that's what that forty seven says. The definition of Marvel popcorn, uh, and and it's a shame because it's such such a it's got such cool aspects to it. But again, I really do challenge the the core of it. It may not be rotten, but it's certainly not anything uh, you know worth your time. I think it's a waste. Is is what really I come back to. Awesome. I mean, and and then that's the score it deserves. Mm-hmm. And I love that you gave it that score. And you know, for folks who's gonna who, who are gonna have like problems with that, that's what we do here, and mm-hmm. that's the goal here. The point is the way you sit down and watch a film. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your viewing experience? What is the film actually coming out to be? Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch it, and you say like you're in the like you felt like this is the movie you were on the outs of. I mean, mm-hmm. I would I would say you're going to be on the outs a little bit, but don't look up. Mm, but sure, that's the sure. whole point. Who cares about yeah. being part of the group? It's what actually are we seeing here? I'm going against the grain. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, the Spider-Man. I mean, the No Way Home. I mean, that's. I agree completely. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just like, and I think, like you said, people really actually, maybe the flair of, of the bigness of this movie and the talk that was behind it, mm-hmm. sit down and actually watch it. And I think people are going to, you know, you'll be shocked with how close you actually are to that, to your 47. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but I, you know, hey, I would love, would love to um, hear all the nasty comments coming our way. <laughs> Look forward to it, and if you want, if you want to be the nastiest person, Stop. and you and you want, it, don't invite it, and you want it read, attached. You know, all you got to do is donate, no. and we're gonna read the no. We just, we just that 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 tribe, that community we want. We're gonna get an angry mob. Basically, we have a, just a rotating <laughs> it's angry. Be tribal mob. battle is what it's gonna be digitally speaking. Right. <laughs> um, um. But no, I mean, I I love that Vin. I love you know. Yeah. It, it's the point of like. 
this is what our purpose is here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why be just... Is it worth your time, Bottom? You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, what is it as a movie? The standalone yeah. film going in exactly. and sitting and watching. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. I, I really do. And uh, before we close things out, is there anything you would like to add? Are we going to roll credits here? No, no. I think that's good. Uh, and again, I can't stress enough that, you know, you like what you like. Uh, and, and critically, I don't think there is any problem with that. Uh, I think uh, for a long time leading up to Tom and I producing this podcast... I, I feel like people in my life always look to me for uh, what I thought on this and, 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 you know, if I didn't agree with them, they had such a, such a problem that they were attacked. Listen, I like I a, a lot of dumb movies. Mars Attacks is always my go-to. Mars Attacks is a terrible film, but I love <laughs> it to death. It, it, it's but you all, have your reasons behind it too. Exactly. You're not just a guy watching. Like I mean, right. you have watched. You take much consideration to the film. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're there doing that, mm-hmm. and I'm here doing this. Sure, sure. You know what I mean, I enjoy to watch film right. just as much as the other guy. But you definitely take it. It's more so much closer to your Absolutely. heart. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I encourage just for that reason. If if we if we disagree on the on what I believe is worth your time and what you believe is worth your time, just know that that consistency. Uh, I am. I'm not going to break. It is. A, I. I will probably think the way same way about a film five, ten years later, and you know maybe we can put that to the test for Spider-Man No Way Home. So. <laughs> awesome, Vin. Hey, we appreciate you stopping by, Vin. We'll see you next week. And for everybody listening here, we're going to run them through one more time. We have the room with a 23 percent, the disaster artist with a 39, Klaus with a 72, don't look up with a 74. And Spider-Man No Way Home with a 47%. We thank you so much for stopping by. We thank you so much for helping produce. And we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us. You'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode, too. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.